there's a golden nugget being dropped from Germany in today's podcast. And she's also been in uh, lots and lots of other countries and originated from Canada. So I love a woman with a nomadic heart because to me that nomadic life is culturalism. That nomadic life is following the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't always look like what other people expect it to be. So while we were on different coasts and different continents and different countries and she was in her basement and I was in a house that is not mine off of the coast of Mexico, we had a conversation and the one critical takeaway that was weaved through the entire thing was this knowing that God loves you more. He loves you more than so many parts of your life that you love, people that you love, places that you love. He loves you more. And so whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you're a mom or not, whether you're a woman or not, hey dudes, if you're here, uh, recognize that there is more to where your love for somebody else or something or somewhere comes into play and then activate that love in a grandiose way and know that it's not by your might or your ability but by his that all of these things come to fruition so that feels really heavy for the beginning intro of a podcast but listen to Danny Gopher and get in touch with her she has the Risen Entrepreneur podcast as well which I've also been featured on we'd love for you to check that episode out and additionally subscribe review tag us do all the things and we will surely share tell us what your biggest takeaway was because that was surely mine and just wait till the mic drops at the end because holy moly, it's a good one. All right, y'all. Love you. Thanks for tuning in. Always see ya. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist, this isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Hello, hello, everyone. We're so excited to be here with you today. 
<laughs> and I'm coming with a couple of cocktails. And of course, non-alcoholic cocktails, but I've got some water with some really cute ice cubes. I've got a green drink that my mom just made me. Yes, my mom still makes me food. And I'm coming from Mexico, which is really rad because last time Danny and I connected, I was in my office and we had technology issues. So I'm in a new country. She's in another country. And we're coming to you <laughs> wherever you are in whatever country you're in. But I hope you grab a drink and enjoy with us uh, just an afternoon of conversation, heart-centered conversation and getting to know a sister who is just so full of life and very um I love our conversation the first time we chatted Danny because I felt like it was very you were very inquisitive but then you also had a lot of emotional reflect and you could tell your growth for people was premised on the growth that you've had in your personal life and so while last time you unpacked me I get to unpack you a little bit so for those of you who don't know Danny first off you have to go over to the risen entrepreneur podcast and listen to the podcast we had um, I was also on one of her virtual summits which was epic but she specializes kind of in that in helping impact driven entrepreneurs create fun and immersive virtual events with zero ad spend which is the secret sauce and I think incredible but every opportunity I've had to work with her uh, it's just been incredible how organized she's been and how seamless it's been through leveraging her virtual events and ours if we need them um, in order to power relationship and help thousands of people step out courageously to not only co-create with other people, but teach, coach, serve, whatever it is that you need to do. Danny is the expert of all things, not to mention a mama of five, a homeschool mama of five, married to a handsome German man, originally from Canada. So her story is just all over the place. She's now in Eastern Europe and joyfully serving the Lord. And so if you guys haven't already clicked all the links below, don't leave us. Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. But Danny, so glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Tamara. I'm really excited. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So I asked Danny right before we got on, I'm like, how many virtual events are you working on? And she's like, one, two, three, <laughs> counting all the things. So before we get into what you're working on right now, let's take a zoom back and give us kind of a, who is Danny? How did you get to be where you are now? Maybe pre-kids even. Let's chat about oh your goodness. exploration of entrepreneurship and just being. I'm trying to think what happened pre-kids <laughs> five years ago. Uh, let's see. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, what can I say? I'm originally from Canada. I've been living the last 13, 14 years in Europe. Um, I met my husband in Israel. We were serving over there with Youth with a Mission, if anyone's heard of that. Um, that's where I met him and got married and then had a bunch of kids and have traveled around the world doing different things, different ministries, university, work at, working as missionaries, and then also into entrepreneurship. Um, so it's been it's been a heck of a ride. And uh, we were actually were in Eastern Europe. Just yesterday, we moved back to Germany. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in Germany. <laughs> I love that you were just yesterday traveling. I was just yesterday traveling, and I was wow. like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And so I just mm -hmm. meandered off the beach to be with you. Um, oh. I'm so excited. So you're back in Germany, which is where, mm -hmm. like, when you had how many kids in Germany? Cause I know you've all my all kids over. were born in Germany. Yeah, oh, they were all born in Germany. Are they excited to be home, essentially? Well, yeah, we're living in my sister's basement, so we have no home yet. Um, okay. And we are 
essentially kind of like nomads right now, hippie nomads living in my sister's basement, driving a white van, which we've driven across Europe multiple times over the last couple of years to Spain and then all the way over to Ukraine. And we just drove through yesterday four, four or five different countries. We drove through Hungary, Austria, Ukraine, Germany, four countries yesterday. Wow. We arrived late early in the morning, guess two. That sounds so Sunday. like perplexing to me because when you live in America, it's like America is so big. You know, know. <laughs> state to state, sure, but country to country, just being in Mexico. I mean, that's a cute, we have to fly to do that. Um, yeah. But I'm, I have yet to visit like the Eastern world, if you will. And I know when I go, I'm like never going to want to leave. Um, but we always tend to go to Spanish speaking countries, which I know there's plenty of Spanish speaking countries, Spain being one of them. Um, but <laughs> I, I am so like enamored by it because I feel like it's such a different culture than how we live over here. So talk to me through like this nomadic life of yours, because you've obviously been everywhere. What was your childhood like? Did you travel a lot then? No, I, I grew up so in a <laughs> different from Canada. I don't know. I guess I've always been, I've always wanted to see the world always. I think that's a lot of us. And, um, you know, I, growing up in my family, we never really had a lot of money. So we did a lot of camping, and so uh, we never flew. We never went anywhere because it was just too expensive. Yeah. And um, and then I think once I got into like my young adulthood, I was like, I need to go into the world. Like I just felt like this call. And it was amazing because it absolutely changes your perspective of life. You know, when you're growing up in a town or you're you're part of the country, you you tend to only think a certain way. And you even put God in a box because you've only experienced God in a certain way. But once you step out of that and get uncomfortable, not understand the language, not understand the people or the culture, you start first getting a bit, you're like excited at first, then you're a bit frustrated, then you're kind of angry that people would be like that and you don't understand it. And then you realize, wow, God created this all and I don't know anything. Like I thought that I knew, you know, when you're like 20, you like, I think yeah, you yeah. understand the world. Yes, totally. <laughs> and then you go into these different nations and you go to these different cultures. And if you learn their language, you start, you start seeing the world a little bit differently and you start seeing God, like how he views the nations and the tongues and the people a little differently. And so this is just, you know, God developed this over time, but I knew I always wanted to leave. And now I'm like, you know, I suggest to everyone, like, get out, like, go into a different country, not just be a tourist, but serve or um, get uncomfortable, get like frustrated and um, see how God meets you in that uncomfort uh, and and be be surprised, be in awe. Such a good like understanding of of culturalism because I think for anyone we are so shaped by our childhood and what we were taught whether it's the type of school you went to whether it was even your friend group not necessarily parental all the time either it's just mm-hmm. that season of culturalism maybe it's even the culture that you're immersed into when it comes to digital world right like what shows were popular. MTV, what magazines were popular, what music was popular, everything shaping you. And so going into another country, and I think one of the coolest things to just showcase that is language. And there's such a language barrier when you don't fully know the language, because then you don't understand even the way that they formulate words together. Mm -hmm. And then it makes you appreciate like biblically, why was this the word that was chosen? Then you go back to the root of the language, which isn't how we receive the Bible, 
right? We know that it's got that Hebrew um, root system. Then you go and learn that word and then it's just an exploration. And that's exactly what traveling allows you to do in the flesh. And the word allows you to do it in the spiritual realm, right? And so it's just this journey with Jesus. So I love that you've been on it in so many different countries. Um, I was just actually walking on the beach and thinking about how I, I'm fairly good at Spanish. I can I can get around enough, right? But I really want to immerse myself so that mm-hmm. I can speak just like we're speaking right now to to Spanish people, to Mexican people, which is my family, right? And so like to be able to speak into them and share the things that I have wisdom over and then to learn in reciprocation is so amazing. So how many languages do you speak? Um, I speak German and Russian, but oh. not so German fluently, Russian like ch- ch- like poorly. I'm okay. I'm getting there. Last two years we've been studying it. Um, really? but tying back to that language thing in the Bible, I just I, I had a thought when I first came to Germany. We don't have this in English where there's like a formal you. Um, this like polite way of like saying you. So if I was if I were talking to you. Um, you know, you would be in informal. You'd be like, you're my friend. So yeah. I'd say do to you. That's the German do is like, oh, my friend. Right. And yeah. then there's the formal you that you'd use for like someone who's like far off. Mm-hmm. And you use Z for that. And when I came to Germany and started going to the churches, the one thing I noticed right away in the Bible, God is always addressed as the informal, the friend, do not the the informal, like authority, like you'd call a teacher. So when you get into language and you learn these little things, you're like, oh, so cool. Like God was already referred as not this like. You know, like friend, yeah. no, it was yeah. a friend. It's how you wow. talk to someone close to you. Do. Interesting. Swedish language has the same thing. It's like usted would be like to you, the formal, and then to would be to you, the counterpart. Um, Mm -hmm. And you never, especially if it's a stranger, no matter if they're younger or older, you're like speak to them in this phraseology of appropriateness or um, kindness or what just silly, honestly, if you think about it, because we're all on equal playing parts, no matter age. Not in Germany and not in Russia. (laughs) Not in in Spanish either, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. it's almost uh, you take it offensively or they're they're not educated if they're speaking to you in this way they're just american who doesn't yeah. <laughs> right so yeah. they can take offense either way but regardless i think that's so interesting and it just allows especially for your children to be exposed to that at a younger age which is something me and my um, spouse are super passionate about is getting them outside and that's one of the reasons i'm in mexico is because i'm going to pick up my daughter who is here with her um litas abuelita abuelito who live in guadalajara so I come and I my kids get to come down without me, which is always really hard. And I've had lots of mommy questions about that, even from a psych, psychology, like psychological perspective of, are you well supposed to do that? And when is too young? And how far away is too far away? All that stuff. Um, but I think ultimately we look at it from a perspective of we're providing something to them that we never had. Is it right? Oh, is it wrong? Mm. <laughs> but for us, it's, it's where we are. And we've given God the authority in that mm-hmm. situation to protect her when I can't be there. And for her, my in-laws and family to be able to pour into her in a culturally sound way that I never got exposure to. So I love that your kids have had so much exposure. They're going to be so like well-traveled and versed when they, when they're out of your nest, you know? Yes. I love that. And I love that. Um, you know, you, you, you have this challenge as a parent to be responsible. And I remember having, you know, maybe 
if you're listening right now, you might and watching us, <laughs> you might be feeling like, okay, is that responsible? Would that be responsible of me um, to do that with my kids? And we had this question when we were going to missions and we, we were faced with a decision like, do we take our kids to uh, West Africa? We're going to Liberia as a family with two little kids, nine month old and a one and a half year old. Wow. And we prayed over this and we were like, man, is this responsible of us? Should we do that? And as I was praying over this, I had this word from God. Who, he said, I love your children more than you. And this has been like, I, I would say like a, I don't know, something we always go back to. I always go back to this thought when I feel like I need to take a thought, I need to take control. I need to be responsible for my kids. I remember what did God say? God loves my children more than me. And so this is really free to us up to make like decisions that might seem like, okay, nomadic. We're kind of like traveling a little bit. Is that really the best for our kids? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're following God, we're being obedient, and he loves our children more than us. So, you know, just like you were saying, like, is it right? Is it wrong? Well, your God loves your children more than you do. And he has the like, he has great plans for them. And that really releases a lot of these, like, this, like, yeah. Tension and also shame, right? Like self-tension, because we can totally put that worry and fear on our own shoulders. But then additionally, like shame from society of, I can't believe you would let your kids leave you for a month at a time, right? And my my husband grew up doing that. And now to see how that's affected his life in all the positive ways, it's pretty miraculous. And I think about like that GPS, right? The God positioning system, like he's positioned you and your spouse in the places that he has to be able to meet even in an entirely another country, it's almost the storyline that was established when you guys were there saying, I'm going to take you on this journey collectively. It's your God wink, as I always love to say. And it's this knowing that like, there's more to the story than even what you and me with our like small minds. Absolutely. Yeah. This is what I'm doing this for. No, it's not. There's a way bigger plans. Um, And so just processing our life through that lens. I I love that. I'm going to hold that as my own banner. Um, Whenever I feel that sense of fear or even shame from other people. Yes. Yes. Really cool. So take me now. You're on this traveling adventure. Have you always been because of beyond the mission side? When did you step in from missions to entrepreneur? Hmm. I'd say, so this is a few years ago where I, I felt like God calling me to create and I didn't really know business or any, I didn't, I never had plans to go into entrepreneurship, but in, it was like 2018 and I had like my fourth child and I was feeling like really great and I had a lot of energy for some reason, because before that I was exhausted, but all of a sudden I got all this energy. I cannot describe it. It must've been hormones or, or a whole yeah. spirit. I'm not really sure. Um, and I felt, you know, God say create. And then it kind of took me on this journey to like, okay, well, what, like, what, what do I, what am I creating? And, you know, I like art. I like doing, you know, graphic design. I like all these things. Right. So I was like, okay, so what? And I kind of fell into this world of entrepreneurship online. I was watching one of my first, like a summit. It was like work at home summit. I didn't realize what it was at the time. I didn't know it was an event or anything. I was just like, oh, cool, like free information. And people are talking about what they're doing. They're earning money and doing something they love. That's awesome. I want to do that too. Oh, and they're helping people on top of that. So I was like, okay, that's if we could do that, that's so cool. At this point, my husband was also struggling a bit with depression. And so he was going through like a rough patch. And I was going through this like, 
energy. Like I can't even describe it. And so I was like, man, I think for years before I was always trying to pressure him to do the things that I wanted to do. And then at that point I realized I don't have to do that. I can just like get better at the things I want to get better at and not push it on him and say, you should do this. You should do this. Right. So somehow these things kind of clicked in my mind. I got all this energy. God called me to create. I stumbled into the summit and I was like, I could help people work from home, do stuff online. I don't have to leave my kids. I can still homeschool. I can kind of like still do everything. And I was like, yeah, check, check, check. Um, Let's try that. Got into blogging. Had no idea what that was. Um, I stuck with that a little while. I kind of gave up after like a year or something because I was like, this is tedious. But um, (laughs) I ended up joining a Christian it was like a conference, a startup yeah. conference in Germany. And I, uh, my sister and I, we went to Heidelberg, Germany on a bus and went to this conference full of business people. And I was freaked out because I was like, they're business people. They're going to find us out. Like that was literally the thought in my head. I was like, who am I to be going to this business like startup? Like all these young people. I have four kids. I don't, I'm like just a mom. What am I doing? You know, all these fears, all these things coming up. I had no idea what was going on. And I found out you had to pitch at this this conference and I was like okay I'll pitch I don't know what that is and they sent me like here you know upload your slide deck and I was like what's a slide deck oh my God. So I oh had God. signed myself up to pitch my business idea at in my a second language in German as a business like startup thing and I was like all right and then I got there and I was like I, I had to google what pitching was I had to Google a slide deck and then I had to figure out what my business idea was because I was just started blogging but I was you know when you're started you're just starting out I don't really know what I'm doing I don't even know how I can earn money I know people earn money with this but what could I do right so I pitched it feels very mystical it does I'm like because everyone's like so how how do you monetize this I was like I don't like there's like, can you give me an affiliate? I can, I don't even know what that is, but apparently, apparently I could write stuff and I can make a product. And I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. It was a contest and um, it suffices to say I lost, but um, it was, it was a huge win in my books because I stood in front of three investors that were like middle-aged men German men um, and pitch them my blog idea. And they were like kind of confused, like, okay, are you going to be a publisher? And I was like, yeah, sure. I guess. I don't know. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to, you're not going to win. But I was like, it really helped me to hone in on my ideas. And I met this guy. uh, It was like during a coffee time. And I see this like other middle-aged guy. There's a lot of middle-aged guys there. I see a middle-aged guy standing in the corner and he's by this like this fake plant. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just chat him up. I don't know people. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not even supposed to be here because I'm not a business person. I obviously have no idea what I'm doing, but I can learn, right? I can ask questions. And so I saw this guy and I walked over to him. And I was like, hey, what are you doing here? Um, and then he started speaking to me in English. And I was like, your English is really good. He's like, well, I'm from New Zealand. I was like, okay, wow, cool. We can speak in English. And I was like, so what brings you here? And he tells me about him and his wife just moved back there. And they had started a business in Cambodia uh, just a couple of years before that. She's German. He's New Zealand, um, from New Zealand. They moved to Cambodia, started this business and noticed that there were a lot of women in the sex industry. Um, but the only reason they were there was because they could not find better paid job anywhere in the town. 
And so they wanted to solve that problem. And how they solved that problem was, well, we can make a, a business. So it tells me we we set up this business. It's a T-shirt making factory. And um, we connected it with the German economy and it started booming. We could in, we could employ more people. And when they work there, he was telling me they they get um they get way better pay than uh, what they're originally earning. Plus they get like family. Um, I think they included like um, parenting courses. Like it was really wow. holistic you know, yeah. that they were adding that really contributed to the community. And then he said, you know what the great thing is um, about this is that once we connected it with the German economy, there was so much money coming in that we were able to sh- like change the economy of that town. Wow. Their business literally came in, brought women off the streets, gave them a better standard of living and training, a godly, you know, work ethic without being, you know, we're not, you know, trying to shove Bibles down anyone's throats, anyone's right. uh, throats, but they were able to give them an ethic and teaching and a place to go and they changed the economy. Mm-hmm. And when he told me that, I was like, you can, you can change the nations with business. You can change economies with business. And it just like clicked because I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to give people an opportunity. I want to give them work. I want to I want to train them and disciple them. Yeah. And this is what business can do. And I think before that, I had always thought of business as being like this, like shady thing or just like it's bad to earn money. But when I had that conversation with him, it like it blew my mind because I was like, God can use business. God can use business, not just to better my family, you know, and our finances and to better myself, because we all know that entrepreneurship is a like the best self-development discipleship training course ever. But it can also it can also change the nations with that. And I was like, yes, sign me up. So that kind of like that's my epiphany story kind of just threw me into amazing. Have you ever contacted him or reached out to him again? Or it was just yeah, one of those years, that years that ago. Did. It, I did like just a couple years ago when we were um, first moving, but I didn't get his like email address. I only had a friend of his, their okay. t-shirt company. Okay. Um, I think I just ended up in the junk mail. So <laughs> that's still, you know, sometimes it's, it's your, the knowing that you might never interact in this position again, or even when you're at conferences, which I am a, such an advocate for, and it's what you do. And I'll be hosting one later this year. That's in person and large and live. And all that stuff is this knowing that sometimes you're just the receiver. And my perspective on that, just like my perspective is in showing up for the podcast is maybe it's just for the one. Sometimes that one is me. Sometimes that one is the guest. Sometimes that one is the person who's on live or the person who will listen to this later. And it's the knowing that in that moment, you're doing the discipling, you're doing the showing up for, you're saying yes and obedience, even when you are doing things that might be different than what you imagined it to be. It's the one step in the process because it doesn't mean always that I know, just like you said, crystal clear, this is the next step in business. This is the next path that I need to take. Just like you, just like any other component of life, 
not just entrepreneurship, motherhood, like we said before, is a perfect case scenario. You don't always know. You just say yes prayerfully and you're following in the footsteps of the Holy Spirit guiding you in that process. So I love that you had that moment with that guy. And it is it's such a revelation to know that business is not apart from or separated from anything in the kingdom. It's in fact the kingdom, right? The kingdom in business, because everything that God has planned and planted with us and for us is through connectivity, is through prosperity, is through our ability to serve others. And ultimately, like you said, is to spread his name to the nations. And so what does that look like? It's using the internet to be able to do that. It's using audible sound to be able to do that. All right, quick pause. I love that you're tuning into this show. Really, your shares, your subscribes and reviews, even your listens mean a ton to me personally and honestly to all of us who put these shows out weekly for your listening pleasure. But are you ready? I think it's time that I put you in the hot seat for a question. If you're resonating with all of these multi-passionate, God-loving success stories, then I bet you have one of your own. Maybe you're even in the midst of that comeback. Regardless, there is a deeper message inside of you. I am sure of it. It's your why factor for living life. So here's the question. Why not turn that mess into a message by starting a podcast of your very own? It's time for you to amplify. And since I've been podcasting for a couple years now and I've trained dozens of shows into launch, I've also hit top of the charts across the globe. Why would you want to learn from anybody else? I'm also pretty fun. And so is my team. And we put together this e-course. And don't stop here. Don't fast forward. Hold up. I know you're thinking e-course, me course. Everybody's got a course. But this one is truly as good as it gets. I give you behind the scenes, step by steps. My team is screen sharing exactly what they do post-processing. There are video modules and a workbook. Plus, we offer direct group coaching with us. No videos. Us live in action. Let's create that human-to-human connection. So really, there's nothing like it. I would encourage you to go check out TamaraAndress.com and check out the course tab. Once you get there, there's even a free mini course option if you want to see the behind the scenes and not really take my word for it. So you should take my word for it. You're here listening to me right now. So I appreciate you. We love you. We encourage you. But girl, boy, man, woman, father, dog, whatever. (laughs) It's time for you to amplify. All right. Now let's get back to the show. How many years after did you go? Because I know that virtual conferences, as I mentioned in the forefront, was kind of a pivot for you. Was it a pivot because of all the things COVID or was it something you kind of knew before then? Um, no. So, you know, like many entrepreneurs, we tried different things and um, we grew one of our businesses last year using like a summit um, strategy. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And I was really surprised that, you know, it did take some work, but it was like work that you can always use. You know, you can create content, you can meet with all sorts of really interesting people you can have business partnerships with these people that you meet and you can really serve your dream audience that way. And these are things that I'd never realized. Um, You know, I had always kind of been on like, okay, I need to like write a million blog posts and try to drive, drive traffic that way and put a lead magnet out and wait for tedious months because I don't know what I'm doing and only grow like 20 subscribers. And, you know, that was the old way of me doing things. And I was like, come on. I've like, 
I've like invested blood, sweat, and tears, and I only have like 20 people on my list. What am I doing? Right. And so when we kind of switch, we're like, hey, we got to do something different. Um, That was one of the strategies uh, we used. And like in three days, we had like a thousand people come onto our list, and we're like, wow, okay, well, that's a good strategy. And it was a lot of fun. So after like bringing that list, um, that business and growing um, the list, I was like, I have a lot of fun doing this. I wonder if I can do this with people. Like, I wonder if I can help them do that. And so with COVID, it was like, well, it's kind of like a no brainer. I know how to do this. Not a lot of people like tech, not a lot of, a lot of people get overwhelmed, frankly, with the fact of doing some sort of virtual event um, because they think, oh my goodness, there's like all of these things that you have to think about. And it's actually a lot easier than than you think, like in your head, than you're imagining it. And I remember when I was first going into um, um, now almost over a year ago, I was like, I don't even know how to reach out to people. Like I was just so afraid that they were going to say no and that they're going to be like, who are you? Like, why would you even ask me to do these things? You know, I had all these fears, but once I got over it and tried it, I was like, oh, this is really easy. And people are actually really nice and they want to work together with me. I just need to put something together and, you know, invite them to take part. So that's kind of what like led me to pivot and pivot, pivot. Wow. That is backwards. (laughs) Oh, I (laughs) pivot into virtual events that, and I I think it's, it, it it builds relationship. And I, I think before, I think we often have this danger as an entrepreneur is that we want to work in like this, this bubble that because we think we have to do it ourselves and we have to, um, we have to figure it out on our own that we kind of like sabotage ourselves and our businesses because we're like, okay, I don't want to work with anyone. And then once we like started doing virtual events for our, our wild happy family business, um, I was like, Wow, working with people is a lot easier. It grows your list way faster. Um, we aren't in an economy of um, competition, right? right? It's about community and building each other up. Yeah. And that really explodes. And so that it, I, it really shifted my perspective on yeah. how you can do business and online, which is another bonus. Like, yep. you can do it at your home. I, you don't need a fancy setup. You can do this. Yeah, the light, yep. the computer. It's so true. It's and so that's true. It, right? <laughs> so true. And I think that's where, while everyone had this like negative perspective on being at home and not being able to connect, that you, yes, there was a lot of like devastation and and depression. You talked about depression earlier. And I think it's such a valid topic of conversation. But there's a lot that came alongside that that was in the negative. But I believe that there was actually a lot more of the realization of the fact that humanity is just that human. Right. And that our ultimate desires are all the same across the board for connection and for love to be known and to know. Right. And so it's this beautiful experience through virtual expression that then will lead back into people being in person, too. I think now it just allows us to tap into a wider market at a larger development of time. And you had said earlier, you know, it's not as difficult as it seems or that. Once you've done it a couple of times, there becomes, you know, a rhythm of that experience. I still believe like even in that, as I grow and and pivot and try new things in my own business, 
I don't love all of those things, right? And as an entrepreneur, even in the trial, you recognize what you're good at, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, where you need support. And so um, I think it's really valid that this is an area not only that you're like, oh, I could see how this propels business, it propels connectivity, but additionally, you love it. And so allowing people to recognize that she's in a place not just from, oh, this is really great for business, or this is really great just for connection, but I thrive here and I love helping others in the same way. And that's how people don't have to always have a, a concrete business plan to say, okay, I'm going to start a business and this is what it's going to look like because it's not how it works. It's, it's ebbing and flowing. And it's again, stepping into an opportunity that you don't actually know about what's behind the door, but you see that it's been cracked open. And so you're like, okay, let's try this out. And then you discover this great big world of opportunity. And again, with inside that space, there's going to be more doors. Some will be closed. Some will be opened. And it's just being guided by the Holy Spirit on which one is the right thing to open and the right thing to keep shut because I've definitely done the kept shut like I'm getting in this door and it's clearly locked my shoulders jammed everything's messed up (laughs) by the time it happens so again back to our rooted understanding of why we do what we do and it's that he's before us so if he is before us he's not going to keep the door shut that's not how it works. And he, again, was human. So he understands how that works. He's going to open the door. And so that's a prayerful space that me and my team will stay in often and say, you know, God, we pray that every door that you are before us, you open and every door that we're not intended to walk through, you close. So there's not that enemy tactic, right? That we're really cognizant of what we're doing and where we're going. So I love that you, you didn't just pivot. You just said yes, ultimately. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said before, I feel like entrepreneurship is this like the self-discovery. You're like discovering all these things you didn't realize. I mean, same with motherhood as well. Same with like anything that kind of grows you, makes you uncomfortable. Marriage. Um, Marriage for sure. You know, being in different countries, we're talking a lot about discomfort. And those are exactly in those times where you're where you're challenged or where, where things come out that you didn't even realize existed. And you know, it's really a journey. And I think very often, or, you know, thinking about me a few years ago, when I was just getting into entrepreneurship, I thought, okay, I pitched my idea, that's my business, right? But that's not how it works, which is great. It's actually really, really great. Because we're able, especially in the digital, like if we're digital entrepreneurs, that we can pivot really quick, we can see what's working, what we like, what we don't like, and we can tweak it. And we can try and we can try again. And we have low overhead. So it's not like we're we have a brick and mortar that, you know, at least for me, I do not have a brick and mortar at this point, that I I can't, you know, pivot, I can't, um, I'd be a lot more, um, it'd be a lot more difficult. So it's great to try, try things and and to have that freedom to say, I'm allowed to. I'm, yep. I'm allowed to, that's, that's why I chose to be an entrepreneur. It's like, I want to help people, uh, want to earn money. I like to solve problems. I like to see people lifted up. That's why I like events. I love creating a platform yes. for people, but I can, I can do things the way I like it in yeah. my own time. Yeah. This is the it doesn't thing. have to look the same way that it did yesterday. And there's that air of, okay, this is not a cookie cutter experience. And I, 
I love change. I love that every day I wake up, I don't really know what the day is going to be, no matter what my <laughs> schedule says or not, because it's different all the time. Some people love rhythm, but I wouldn't say that we live outside of rhythm as entrepreneurs or that we live outside of standards or um, any guidelines per se. It's just they're, they're not stringent to a time, place, location, right? Or hierarchy, like we talked about at the beginning. Like, we're just friends. We're just all going after it in the same way. And it looks a little different for everyone. And yet it all works in cohesion, which is what I love so much. And same thing when you're creating a platform for people and it's got a, um, a title of the conference. There are 20 people who can come speak underneath that title, all doing drastically different things, yeah. serving in their unique way. So I think my, one of my favorite activities to do with people is their one page business plan, which is basically just a massive dream cast, um, but with a trajectory pattern of costs associated to it. Like, how can you actually sustain this? And how can you actually serve out of this place of abundance, utilizing all of your pains, all of the hardship pieces, and then all of the passion simultaneously? And it's definitely clear that you've done that. I'm curious, as I unpack that idea, from a passion perspective, there's tons, right? But a lot of the podcast is, tell me your messy comeback story. Like, where was the where was the pitfall? Where were the places where you struggled either in self, uh, perhaps in that space of marriage when you were skyrocketing and your husband was kind of in that stagnant place? Or maybe it was pre-kids, but in childhood. Do you feel like there were any pieces of your life that you really utilize now as a basis of, I will always stand above this because I've conquered it? Hmm. It's a good question. Probably a lot of them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. look, thinking back at my life, there's a lot of moments where, you know, they were, they were anchor points or learning moments. Um, I mean, we can go back to where my husband was depressed and I was not because, you know, maybe someone is listening right now and is struggling with the same thing. Um, but at that point I was really, I was, I wanted to fix him, right? My, yeah. my mind is like, how can I fix him? How can I give him solutions? And so, because I have lots of ideas, I was like, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? And I'm a doer too. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, just try something, just do it until it works. And he is not like that, right? He's, yeah. if we do Enneagram, he's like a nine mm-hmm. and I'm seven. So I like to look at the happy. I like to like change things so I don't feel awkward or in pain. Um, I like to have fun. And he's like, he's okay with the pain and feeling yeah. like that. And that drives me insane. Yeah. But I know it, it was really making things worse. Um, just me always being like, it, I would be frustrated. And so I felt like I had to take a lot of that energy and just be creative elsewhere. I couldn't mm-hmm. be creative problem solver for him at that time because that was yeah. not helping. Yeah. Um, what did help was him going to a counselor and a coach. And that was great for him. Like he, yeah. he came out of that. It was a lot. It was a good. It was good to yeah. to go seek that help and to get clarity. And it's not it's not a one and done deal. Like these things keep coming up. But now I know that sometimes there are problems that people have. And I don't I'm not the one that needs to be like, try this, do this, try this. Sometimes right. it's just my place to to be with them in that pain. But then I have to channel my energy to do other things and be okay with like, I don't need to be the problem solver there. 
I can do other stuff. I can create. So good. That's a lot of wisdom right there, Danny. That's a lot of wisdom. I think people need to know that because especially in spousal, you know, situations and we have people over here who are watching live. They're like, that's so good. You know, when you're a spouse and there's that three chord strand, right? You feel like, okay, because we're all together, I have to support this, that there is an error of control that you're like, okay, I don't want to fall backwards because you're falling backwards and we're together and this is how it feels. So let me help pick you up. And that's my role. That's what you said. I'm your helpmate. Right. And at the same exact time in that help at that help, we are not in control. And so it's so critical for us to stay in that space that like open hands. I always say this, keep your hands open. When your hands are open, you cannot literally pick somebody up and move them. You can be there to hold their hand. You can be there in support, in hugs, in comfort, in love, in showcasing this is what my life is doing. This is what God is doing with me. So take the things I've learned or, or received from them, even in that hurt. I think Enneagram, you know, learning about that really helps. I think obviously knowing the Gary Chapman love languages help, but ultimately at the end of the day, we are not everything for our spouse. There is a God that is everything. And sometimes just like that GPS, there is a positioning system that needs to change. We are not number one, right? God is number one. Then they are secondary and then we become here. So I love that he sought that help because I think my therapy and counseling was absolutely a component I will always stand on top of and not beneath in shame. And I think that there's an error, especially for dudes, that this is not cool. Like you don't talk about that. And and for females and moms, that was something that we've emerged into. And mental health is something we're talking about. Mom guilt is something we're talking about. But do guys actually get around the table and say like, this is what my therapist said. This is what I did for my marriage. This is how we got out of that situation. No. Do you know any mm-hmm. good podcasts I can send? <laughs> Actually, I am working with a guy who um, he does men's mental health, and that's going to be one of the virtual events awesome. that I'll be working on. So there you go. Just because of a similar I situation, I do know they exist. My husband is they is do. definitely he's a seven as well, so it's probably one of the reasons I'm drawn to you. He um, he deals with the one. Like that's his heart. He's like, I will have an intimate conversation with you for four hours. And I'm like, let me get on stage in front of 10,000 people. And I'll tell you the story and how I got through it. And I can't wait to motivate you. And then let's keep going. And so I, I too, I've had situations where I'm like, you have to share this with more people. More people need you. And he's like, I, I'm still impacting the same amount of people. I'm just doing it at a different level. And that one person might be the me. He's like, I teach you. He is totally one my most reliable mentors. He teaches me every single day. And that is being him being the conduit by which I'm then speaking into lives. And so I think it's a matter of just help me. What does that look like? We're not in control and you can't always be the one pushing them up. You have to allow them to evolve as well. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who's listening, I can't tell who it is because they haven't improved their Facebook user, but it says, oh, gee, bear, he is the best, the real deal, the real MVP. And that's my <laughs> husband. He sure is. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So good. So, Danny, talk me through, like, once he got on the other side of that and you were seeing him kind of step into um, the authority of his life, maybe the purpose of his life. How did that help your marriage? Um. Well, obviously a lot. it was actually really it was a it was a challenging time also because we were going yeah. through a bit of transition 
we were at the point of like deciding, okay, we feel like God is calling us somewhere else. What does that look like? Um, uh, and that you mentioned also the personality test, the Enneagram. Uh, we had, I think he had been reading a lot about that. That actually helped me because I realized that's another big aha. I, I realized that um, there was nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were reading about different personalities and different ways of learning, different learning styles, different ways of coming to conclusions. Mm-hmm. I love my husband because he reads about all of this and then tells me. So <laughs> when we were talking about it, I realized kind of around this time where he's getting he was getting his counseling. He was going through his own things. And then we were starting to go into personality stuff. Um and I realized when I when I kind of went into like Enneagram and other things, um, learning learning strengths like the ways people learn, I realized, yep. man, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I was always comparing myself to my husband because he's like brilliant. He's a lawyer. He studied law. He thinks like super logically, and I'm like all over the place. But I can come. I can like really. I'm. I can perceive and I'm really relational so I can come to like similar conclusions but in a totally different way and I can't really explain them but when I realized that that is just a like it's a learning style it's a way um and that's that's okay I felt really released to be me Mm. And I honored and valued him more instead of mm. like, you know, how I said before his depression, I was always like, I was trying to get him to do things that I thought would be good for him. It's because I didn't really understand his personality. I was like, well, if you want to be like a leader, you know, maybe you should do it like this. This would be a great idea, right? Always helping. But when I started, when we started going deeper into like personalities and learning styles, I was like, no you're not like that. Like I'm like that. And I have the freedom to do that because that's how God created me. I don't need to force that on you. That's not you. And so in our marriage, it actually created a new dynamic and a new understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was after, you know, we had been married, I don't know, 11 or 12 years at that point, maybe 11 years. So, you know, and, and already understanding this, I was like, Oh, I totally, I started seeing him a different way. I started seeing our life a different way. I started being okay with um, even having the thought of like being a business owner and, and being okay with that as a woman. You know, I always thought I should rather be at home with the kids. Like that would be the best thing to do. Yeah. But when I started looking and maybe you can disagree with me, that's fine. Um, but as, in our journey, whoever's listening can disagree. That's okay. But as I was journeying into this, I was like, no, I really, you know, God has created us with different strengths and, and different characters. Um, and we, we love working together on things actually. And so we were like, we need to figure out a way that it's not just him working and doing, you know, that stuff. We need to find a way that we can somehow partner our, our strengths and our giftings together because that's okay. And, and we work really well like that. So for our marriage, it really, I would say it took it to another level. It, 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 I had a different understanding and appreciation for him. Um, I being able to see like opportunities in a different way. So instead of being like, you should do that. I was like, okay, that probably, he wouldn't like that because it's not with a team or it's, um, you know, he loves to be around people or he, he's not really like the leader at the very front. He, he loves to be that, um, second, he's great at being like the secondary, uh, person. And so just understanding that was awesome for our marriage because I felt like I felt free. You know, I felt also free with knowing him better and honoring him. So it's really powerful. 
It's such a journey. And I, I think that there's so much now with people who think these things are trendy or fatty for us to go into this exploratory experience with not only our self dissection and self identity, right? It's really, it's how God made us and how he intended for us to go through this searching and knowing. He didn't mm-hmm. say like, Hey, just watch me. He said, follow me. And in that process of following, you have intimacy with someone. You have relationship with someone. You get to not only just witness what they're doing, but ask them through that and actually support them in that process. And marriage has definitely been one of my um, my ever evolving, always becoming places of surrender and also places of aha and places of awe because living that intimately with anyone, especially in the flesh, I feel like that my relationship with God is surely, it feels easier sometimes than my relationship with my spouse, but it's the knowing that we're made to have congruency in our life, but that our congruency doesn't mean that we're flowing at the same speed or the same direction all the time, that there's always going to be this bond, right? And we're going to ebb and flow and we're going to serve our children in different ways. And we're going to parent in different ways. And we're going to show up for our business in different ways. <laughs> it's not about being the same. And I think that's where I got it really wrong for the first decade of our life together was we're so congruent. We have so many things in common, even though opposites attract, like we have this and this and this and this. And all of those things were actually false understandings of who we are because I was trying to mirror what I thought perfection was or what marriage was supposed to be based on emulation to other people's marriages that weren't even that great after all, right? (laughs) So it's stop worrying about the outside world. And I think this is what you guys have done, especially in this going full circle to this culturalism experience. When you go to different cultures, you're really harboring your nucleus, right? Those people that you are literally living with every day, sun up to sundown, and you're allowing things to seep in from a cultural perspective that are good and are going to like, grow that space and that ability, but then also block out, right? And that's what marriage is all about. It's creating safe spaces, standards of boundaries. um, And it's really no different in every other area. We could be talking right now, pulling marriage to the side, and it would be for your own brain, your own mental health, to talk mental health to the side and it's business, Mike, it's like, what are you going to allow to expand yourself and serve others? And what are you going to protect and say, no, like, I'm going to safe harbor my time here. I'm going to safe harbor my energy here. Because even though we're called and you've exampled this so beautifully to serve other people abundantly, we also have to serve our own head, our own heart and our own home. And then the handbag stuff comes later in evolution. That's right. Yeah. So good. So I we're about to wrap up and I want people to know beyond being able to be in touch with you, because I know you have a lot of things. There is an entrepreneur podcast being one of them I mentioned in the forefront and their ability to connect with you for virtual events. You also have and you mentioned it briefly, your additional company. So talk us through like what that is and what's the best place for people to get in touch with you. Oh, the wild happy family. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why if you if you have kids, <laughs> we have a lot of um, homeschooling resources that we create a lot of um, art prints. And it's family resources. So we have a Facebook group wild happy family. We have wildly happy family dot com um, has uh, we have a shop with all sorts of beautiful things. That's a partnership uh, with me and my sister. And um, that's a summit. We also did a summit courageous mama summit last year, which we might do again this year we'll see yay, it was pretty cool yay. and look at that guys they went to that conference together and knowing that there was something but they didn't know what and now it's evolving every yeah. single 
there. That's so cool. Yeah. And I think being in business with family is a whole nother podcast we'll have to have. <laughs> business and is, family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bring actually I have to say I brought my I know you recently brought your mom on in your business, I right? Did, I did, so yeah. I, I brought my sister on into that business last year, more as like, okay, partner. Um yeah. and it, it was it was game changing, right? We talked yeah. about, you know, the virtual events because I was partnering up with other businesses being a game yeah. changer. Having my sister on was a game changer because also the different strengths and different yeah. Yeah. Um, different weaknesses. And yep. she is amazing. I'm living in her basement right now, my friends. I'm living. She is my little sister. Six, she's six years younger. Aww. And she's created a space for my giant family to live in her basement. She's the most generous woman I know, but she's also brilliant in business and bringing her on was one of the best decisions that I've made. It was really actually hard many times because we butt heads about like finances or what's the future, all these things, right? But it's been amazing. I can't, I, I just look back at this year since she's joined and I'm like, God, this like family and business it yeah. should be. It just so should let's be. Do it. Let's do. Ooh, let's do. Let's make a virtual summit. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, <laughs> family business. So good, you guys. This has been such a gift, and I know probably the best place to spend time with you is Instagram or your Facebook group. Yeah, more Facebook actually. Okay. I'll grow. I'm growing my Instagram, and oh, I wanted to point out. I don't know if you have that yeah. link there, but we have a master class. So if you're interested in the. There. Okay, so if you're interested in learning more about virtual events, I have a four-hour free masterclass. It's free. So I've included the link there for everyone listening. If you're you're interested in how to monetize, how to find speakers, I give you all the details. It's it's intense and really good. So um, there's even a blueprint. I think we included an eight-week blueprint to launch your own virtual event. So if you go to that link. The reviews for that, (laughs) the reviews on it are amazing. So I know it's worth all the time invested, right? Y'all, no money. Do you hear that? It's free. Free. So (laughs) utilize her brain and her building and everything that she has to serve. So Danny, is there any final words you want to share about people, specifically um, mamas and women who are here listening as entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think um, I just want to reiterate that again, that God loves your children more than you do. God loves your marriage more than you do. You know, he mm-hmm. has the best plans for you. So when you feel that 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 temptation to be the burden bearer, like I'm the mom, I have to do it all. I have to like, you know, and you can feel it on your shoulders, then please take what God said to me, because he's saying it to you right now, that he loves those things more than you do. He's more responsible than you. He has better plans than you do. So let just take it off, give it to him and be free. Mm. So good. Thank you for being here, you guys. Go follow Danny. Go listen to the Risen Entrepreneur podcast and surely like and subscribe to this one. Bye, you guys. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. 
We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.